For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What up, TCK Potters? I'm your host, Sky Guasco. You are listening to the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast. Please follow us on Instagram at fantasyfootball underscore TCK pod and on Twitter at TCK underscore pod. You can find all of our rankings and multiple articles at tckpod.com. We've got a lot to cover, so let's get into it. What up, DCK Potters? Sky back with you for another episode of the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast, episode 277. We are bringing in our Wednesday guest every single week. That's Bobby Lamarco, a.k.a. Fantasy Football X Factor. Bobby, how you feeling, buddy? Sky, I'm ready to talk week five, man. How you doing? I'm doing well. Doing well. Thank you. It's been a nice week so far. Dewey's had a great stat rat episode yesterday. We did a nice uh, ballers and stallers before that. Tomorrow, of course, we're bringing Dewey's back for the later games. And then Friday, we do our TCK breakdown. So it's good, man. It's week five. We got a nice flow here on the podcast. Everybody knows their roles. Everybody's doing their thing. And uh, it feels good. It feels comfortable. feels fluid. Hey, before we get too far into this, man, I know that you're uh, a West Coast guy like myself. Uh, you're a South, uh, Southern California guy, so San Diego guy. Um, I've noticed the Padres hat in uh, um, previous <laughs> recordings. Big game tonight as we're recording. Big series against the uh, Northern rivals there, the Dodgers. Not a podcast about baseball, but I am a baseball nerd at heart. I have to throw it out to you really quick. I'm rooting for you guys because I was born a Giants fan. I have to root against the Dodgers. That's just the code of what we do. But I got to ask you, do you think you have an honest chance to take them down? Uh, yeah. Come on now. Gotta That's stay positive. They're the last San Diego team. If we turn our backs on them, then what do we have? So I'm sticking with them. Love no it. So, so unfortunately, the uh, uh, San Diego Superchargers are no more, but you'll stick with the Padres. I dig it. I, uh, I wish you the best, my man. All right, well, let's dive right into it, yo. We've uh, been doing this for a handful of weeks now. We've got a month under our belt. The, the first quarter uh, of the season is behind us. We know the drill here. We're going to knock out these nine games in the early slot on Sunday. Before we get into it, Bobby, this guy cut out of there. Uh, the the first quarter of the season. Sorry, man, you cut out for a second. I didn't hear you. What was? What did you ask for? No worries. I was wondering if you could give us just kind of one thing that you've learned over the first quarter of oh, the yeah. season here. Um, we got four weeks under our belts, a lot of injuries, a lot of COVID situations. Um, obviously, the bye week's coming up with the Packers and the Lions this week. I'm wondering if there was one thing in particular that you've taken away from the first quarter of the season. 
Game flow matters, man. I mean, the first thing I've realized is that a lot of these guys that I've talked about the last few weeks is looking at spreads and understanding, like, what these are big-time favorites. You can find a lot of value in guys. Like, I know a great example was last week, Terry McLaurin. You know, he had a very tough matchup. But when you have – when you're down so much and you're throwing a lot late in games and those teams are in prevent defense – you're getting to rack up fantasy points. So I think it's very important that not to fade good players in bad matchups, especially if it's a, uh, a big spread, if it's a big favorite. Now, in tougher matchups, in closer games, like a three-point spread, that's when you want to fade those guys because they're not going to get that prevent defense garbage time. But I've seen that a lot happening over and over again, and I think it's been fantastic for fantasy. So don't fade guys in tough matchups if they are underdogs big in those games. I like that. That's a that's a great call. And and for me, it's just on the fantasy roster side. It's just you know, you got to be flexible. I mean, I mean, I've I've got a number of leagues where I started off maybe the first two weeks scoring like two hundred plus points in PPR. Those same exact teams now in week three and four have scored like 70, 95, You know what I mean? Like one hundred thirty if I'm lucky. It's just the injuries have been crazy. COVID's been nuts. We got the bye weeks coming up. You just have to be fluid. Make a couple of trades. I had a big trade uh, in the Dynasty League earlier this evening. Got a lot of things going on, so you got to stay fluid and, and uh, you know, make those moves. Because, look, unless you're 0-4 looking to be 0-5, you can definitely turn this around. I have mentioned multiple times on the podcast I was 0-4 the first year of the TCK Pod Listener League uh, about three years ago. I was 0-4, made a couple of moves, made a couple uh, waiver pickups and trades, and actually ran the table 9-0 got to the championship and took it down. So it is possible. You have to get lucky, of course, but you also got to make some moves. So stay on it. All right, brother, let's jump into this. We know the drill here. Let's start with the morning games, the early afternoon games, I should say, for most of the country, morning games for you and I at 10 a.m. We'll start with Carolina Panthers and the Atlanta Falcons. Divisional matchup. These are always fun. Carolina with a big win last week. And then Atlanta, man, looks Absolutely in shambles. Their defense is horrendous, but with Julio Jones banged up, Calvin Ridley did not have a catch last week. We expected maybe in that scenario that at least Russell Gage would pop off. He did not. It was uh, Zacchaeus, their four-string receiver. Hayden Hurst barely got involved as well. Todd Gurley accidentally scored two touchdowns, but I don't think we can count on that. What is going on here with with Matt Ryan and this defense in general? And do you trust Teddy B with three touchdowns here? And when are we going to see T.J. Moore actually catch steam? Yeah, I think so. When this matchup, too, it's actually a very close line, two-and-a-half point spread. So I, it's going to be interesting to see how this game flow actually pans out. But I think for the Carolina Panthers side, when you're looking at this team, first of all, the Falcons' secondary at safety especially is decimated. So that communication on the back end, especially in a COVID offseason, is going to be a problem. I think Teddy B is on the sh- radar this week because of that matchup because of those injuries to the secondary Um, now when you look at the running back position Mike Davis has been a breath of fresh air I was a big fan of Mike Davis in his days in Seattle uh, and he actually looks very good then and he's kind of showing you why because Teddy Bridgewater is not challenging defenses downfield he's not throwing deep he's not throwing deep accurately he's checking down and throwing to the slot and that's the biggest reason why Robbie Anderson is perform, outperforming DJ Moore this season because Robbie Anderson is actually playing a lot more in the slot than DJ Moore. And that's very important because we have seen in the past Teddy Bridgewater with Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara just be checking down and throwing to the middle of the field, rarely challenging, challenging defenses. That being said, when you look at who beats the Falcons, it's the best players. It's the guys that are the best players that day on the team. That's how bad it is. Like Robert Tanya just going ham last on Monday night. I think 
This week could be DJ Moore's get right game. I think Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore both starts this week. Um, and I think those guys are going to really perform well in this matchup because I do expect Matt Ryan, and you really do hope that Julio with the hamstring and, and Calvin Ridley with the ankle are both healthy enough to play in this game because you're going to want to see the Panthers, I mean, the Falcons score points. Now, if it's a sloppy game, kind of similar to what we saw with the, the LA Chargers when both the Panthers and the Chargers didn't score, it was like 21 to 16. That's not fantasy goodness. So I'm hoping that Julio is healthy and Calvin Ridley because then we're going to see points scored on each side. One name to monitor this matchup, and I know this is crazy if you're a TJ Hawkinson owner and you're on a bye week and you're really desperate in a deeper league. Ian Thomas started building a little momentum. He started running a little more routes, and he also scored a touchdown. So, you know, we just saw what Robert Tanyan did to this Falcons secondary, and I just talked about how the safeties are all banged up. So Ian Thomas could be on the fantasy uh, radar this week because of that. Now, as of on the Falcons side, we're really just looking for injuries. I mean, Julio, Calvin, are they going to play? It's early. It's Tuesday when we're recording this. Uh, but if they play, they're in. I mean, Panthers aren't intimidating at all. We have seen Mike Evans and Keenan Allen both get over 100 yards. So the premier wide receivers can beat this secondary. There's no one that's really intimidating. So you're rolling with those guys if they, if they are playing. Now, the question you just brought up is Todd Gurley. And Todd Gurley, listen, the Carolina Panthers, other than Kenyon Drake, Everybody has done really well. We saw Leonard Fournette get over 100 yards. We saw Josh Jacobs blow up in week one. So you got to like Todd Gurley uh, in the run game, especially because of this matchup versus Carolina. As for the tight end position with Hayden Hurst, I'm actually a little concerned. We we see the Carolina Panthers held down Hunter Henry and Darren Waller to 50 yards or fewer in both those games. So this could be a Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley week, and that's really it. Matt Ryan to me. Um, is it's pending. It's 100% pending on Julio and Calvin Ridley's health in this one. If they are not playing, I'm not really that interested in playing Matt Ryan in this matchup. We haven't seen any quarterbacks specifically go off against the Carolina Panthers, and you can say whatever the reason is why, but we haven't seen that 300-yard multiple touchdown game in four weeks versus this Carolina team, and it's mostly because you could dominate them on the ground. So I think from the Falcon side, it's strictly on Julio uh, and Ridley if they're healthy, and then also Todd Gurley as well. I love it. And great mention of Ian Thomas. I was going to ask you about that as well. And I think a lot of it does have to come down with uh, those, you know, kind of uh, under the rug matchups with Tanya now becoming a thing and Hawkinson also on by, you're going to have to look a little bit deeper and potentially Ian Thomas could be that guy. Great call there. Falcons are 0-4 still yet to get a win in 2020 and the Panthers move up to two and two. Let's move on to another divisional matchup here. We got a lot of them this week. Next one is the Cincinnati Bengals versus the Baltimore Ravens. This one is in Baltimore. I think it's going to be a tough day for Joe Burrow. Nonetheless, the Bengals have looked pretty good. They got their first win, first one of Joe Burrow's career, one, two, and one, of course, with that tie against the Eagles last week or two weeks ago, I should say. And Baltimore Ravens cruise right along here. The only blemish against the Chiefs. They are three and one. Again, Joe Mixon absolutely blows up, right? Three total touchdowns. He finally broke out. Can we expect that moving forward? Obviously, Baltimore is a tough matchup. Moving down the list, though, A.J. Green getting peppered with targets, but they're starting to go away from him a little bit because maybe he's just not the same A.J. Green, even if he's, quote-unquote, healthy. Tyler Boyd looks fantastic. Can we trust T. Higgins? And on the other side here, um, Lamar, of course, you're starting and you're starting Mark Andrews, but can you start Mark Ingram? And, of course, he does well, but there's just other mouths to feed in that Baltimore uh, backfield, which we talk about every single week. And do you trust Hollywood Brown, who basically has to get loose on a 50-yard uh, completion because um, 
you know, the efficiency just isn't there. Mark Andrews, two touchdowns on basically three receptions. So we have massive efficiency discrepancies with Baltimore. Uh, they are continually efficiency, but if they're not efficient, then you're going to get hurt. And if it wasn't for Lamar Jackson's 50-yard touchdown run, we would have had trouble there with him as well. So start your studs, of course, but I think there's a few question marks here that usually wouldn't be there with the Bengals and Ravens. Yeah, so on the Bengals' side, let's focus on their offensive first. It's a game flow thing. We talk about this a lot. We have seen some good pass volume against the Baltimore Ravens because of the fact that they're up big in most of their games. Even the game against when they were trailing against the Kansas City Chiefs, you know, Patrick Mahomes still had to throw a lot. So this is a good volume projection from for Joe Burrow. He might not be the most efficient day, but he's going to rack up yardage in this one, which I think is good news for the pass catchers in this game. So I think Joe Burrow himself is not looking at a monster game from a fantasy standpoint. I think he's not on the QB1 radar himself, but I think he can support some pass catchers because they are expected to lose big in this one. So like we talked about, game flow matters. So the guys you want to target, let's talk about Joe Mixon. That big week happened. That's fantastic. Problem is that came in a win. There, no one's expecting them to win this game. Joe Mixon's not going to be able to do it on the ground because the Ravens are going to control this game. You're expecting them to win this football game, so you're expecting Joe Mixon not to get as many carries in this one. So he's going to have to do it through the air, and that's possible. I mean, we've seen multiple times now. Last week, this is a good example. Joe Mixon got a lot more routes than Geo. He played a lot in that game. So Joe Mixon, if he's getting that garbage time, if he's playing that pass game role, then that's fantastic news. But if it's Geo, we're in a lot of trouble for this one. So it could be a huge disappointment from the Joe Mixon side, especially if they don't keep up early. Now, for me, Tyler Boyd is a must-start. We're going to see, I think it's, even though he plays Marlon Humphrey on the inside, like I just touched on, it's going to be fourth quarter, a lot of volume. I think you're rolling with Tyler Boyd. I think he's going to have a nice, solid day because Joe Burrow's good enough to support some pass catchers in this one. Now, when you talk about T. Higgins versus A.J. Green, I think last week was the first sign, the crack in the seal, that you're going to see T. Higgins start to emerge because they ran the same amount of routes and he had more targets, a lot more targets than A.J. Green. You've touched on this guy a lot. You know, Joe Burrow said he wanted T. Higgins in the draft. So this is a key moment for him. I think these guys are the future of this franchise. I think T. Higgins is a play this week as well because of that game flow we just talked about. And the last guy is, I'm sitting A.J. Green, I'm not worried about him, but Drew Sample. So Sample did run a decent amount of routes last week. If you look at just the guys that were startable, I mean, of course there's a bunch of one-offs, but if you look at guys that were just startable last week, Sample actually had a top 12 week. He got like, like over six points, which doesn't sound like a lot, but the tight end position versus the Jags. So this could be another one of those games where we see a lot of garbage time, Sample gets you a couple points, but I'm really focused on Tyler Boyd and Higgins on the on the Bengals side. And for the Ravens, this is a good point, man. I think Mark Ingram is probably the most frustrating guy. We don't need to talk about Lamar or Mark Andrews. You're starting them. Now, Mark Ingram, this is a top five run game matchup. This is a top – this is where you got to get it done. But the problem is, is it going to be a very similar situation to was with the Washington Redskins where if he needs to score. Like, is he going to score in the first half or the first two and a half quarters when the game is relatively close for him to get you fantasy production? You, these are the games, if you drafted Mark Ingram, you have to play him. It's a good matchup versus Cincinnati. We've seen plenty of guys beat up on Cincinnati on the ground. You're starting Mark Ingram, and you're just hoping that he can get it done early enough to where the fourth quarter comes in as Gus Edwards show. And finally, Marquise Hollywood Brown. Start Marquise Hollywood Brown. This is the matchup that you want him in because right now we've seen multiple guys with a similar skill set in the sense that Odell Beckham, DJ Chark, fast speed guys on the outside, 
beat this team for a decent production. So I think that you're going to see Marquis Hollywood Brown finally have another strong week. He did pretty well last week. He just hasn't scored touchdowns yet. You're not really expecting that guy from his stature. So I'm kind of rolling with all the main four guys. I'm rolling with Mark Andrews, Mark Ingram, Lamar Jackson, and also Marquis Hollywood Brown on the Ravens side. Fantastic. Let's move on to the Jacksonville Jaguars and Houston Texans, another divisional matchup. Most of the division, uh, most of the matchups here in the earlier slate are divisional plays. This one here with Jacksonville in Houston, Jacksonville one and three, Houston 0 and four still. Both these teams have a ton of question marks. Bill O'Brien gets fired as the OC, as the head coach, as the GM. <laughs> we'll see what happens with Ro- uh, Romeo Cornell coming in as the oldest coach in the NFL, 73 years old. And, you know, with Deshaun Watson, hopefully they, they set him free a little bit more. We'll see what happens. But he's got beat-up receivers. We know that. A rough offensive line and a tough. Can you still hear me? Are you all right? He just cut out. This guy just got out again. Clearing up for um, – Leonard Fournette. So I think he's going to be uh, just fine here. How do you feel about Jacksonville and Houston? Perfect timing. You cut out for a second, but I'm glad you came back right when you wanted to talk to me. Uh, so yeah, Jacksonville versus the Texans. This is actually one of the two lower dropback teams on a defensive basis. What I mean by that is these two teams don't see a lot of dropbacks on the defensive side of the ball. So this could be a lower passing volume game. Now, the one thing I will say on the Jag side, When you look at their injuries, they got really banged up last week. uh, C.J. Henderson, D.J. Hayden, Miles Jack all left the game early. That's huge news for for Deshaun Watson and this passing attack if you're looking at them from a passing game perspective because the strength of the Jaguars' defense so far has been their boundary corners. So now if you can beat them in the slot and you can beat them out wide if there's no uh, Henderson or Hayden, that's great news for Deshaun Watson, even in a game that projects to be a much lower uh, dropback game from a passing game perspective. Uh, So let's just focus on the Jags first. I think the biggest thing for me is Garner Minshew. He is streamable versus Houston, but at the same time, we saw Kirk Cousins, 260 yards, one touchdown on 22 attempts. Like it was a very efficient game from Kirk Cousins, but it wasn't a great fantasy day. But I could see uh, Garner Minshew kind of getting you a little bit more volume in this game. The Jags do throw a lot more than Minnesota does on the season. So we haven't seen it yet from Houston to consistently uh, stop teams at all. Both Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson had solid games last week. So I really do like the pass catchers in this one, especially DJ Chark. I think he's one of my favorite starts of the week. I think we haven't seen anything from the Houston secondary that's going to shut down a guy like DJ Chark. Now, on the ground game, James Robinson, this is one of, once again one of the top run game matchups. James Robinson has been fantastic. We just see Houston getting gashed on the ground. So I really like James Robinson, and I really like DJ Chark. Now, a name to monitor in deeper leagues – I guess if you want, if you if you need another tight end streamer, uh, Tyler Eifert got hurt in this last game. So it's interesting. Maybe James O'Shaughnessy kind of monopolizes those targets because we have seen guys and teams beat the Houston Texans with their tight end. So not a big time name, but you got to just look from a pure matchup and opportunity perspective. James O'Shaughnessy could be a factor in this one. Now, on the Texans side, like I just touched on with Deshaun Watson, I do like Deshaun Watson in this game. I think the one thing you're going to notice with Bill O'Brien, he ran the ball so much. And I think that you're right. I think they're finally going to turn him loose and kind of give him more flexibility to throw more now to kind of run this offense. So 
I liked, I would love to monitor the Henderson and Hayden injuries this week because that's a big, big boost for a guy like Will Fuller and Brandon Cooks on the outside. I do like as a standalone play, Randall Cobb. We just saw Tyler Boyd do go for 7 and 90 versus this team in the past. So I do like Randall Cobb has kind of shown he could play a little bit still with the Texans. So I do like Randall Cobb as a wide receiver three this week. Now, at the tight end position, <laughs> so another injury, Jordan Aikens got hurt. So Jordan Aikens and Darren Fells have been splitting time. And I just talked about this with Drew Sample. Drew Sample had a, a, a decent six-point game in half-point PPR versus the Jags. Drew Sample did. So, you know, Darren Fells, if he's the only tight end on the field, keep an eye out at that because this is a great matchup. If Jordan Aikens is out, you know, Darren Fells could be another sleeper, maybe a DFS play this week. And then David Johnson. I think I'm a little worried about David Johnson. Because he's not, he's not a, a workhorse at all. Once Duke Johnson returned, they were like, you know, 60-40 split and touches. So I, I do like David Johnson's matchup. He's a solid start. Uh, we just saw Joe Mixon go off. And Joe Mixon got his get-right game versus this Jags defense. Mm-hmm. So I think that if the Texans can really play well, establish the game early, and allow them to run the football with David Johnson a little bit more later in the game, I do like David Johnson in this matchup. So I'm pretty high on all these uh, fantasy players today, this week for this matchup. But my thing is I really want to see these injuries come to fruition. If Henderson and Hayden are out, I really like the pass volume projections for both teams. Love it. Let's just hope people can stay healthy, man. Jeez. Mm-hmm. These offenses can really do a lot of work, I think, if, if uh, they're able to stay healthy. But that's really just been uh, the, the cheat code to the NFL season and fantasy rosters basically has been if you're healthy, you're doing well. All right, let's move on to the Las Vegas Raiders and Kansas City Chiefs. This one is in Arrowhead Stadium. They are 4-0 still. Uh, you start your studs on the Chiefs pretty easy there. On the other side with um, Oak, or Oakland, of course, uh, Las Vegas, the Raiders are 2-2. Two and two. Looked good at times. Looked like the Raiders at times here. Um, I had mentioned earlier in the week that I'm just not excited about anybody on this team starting them. Darren Waller is kind of a, an automatic start because he's a tight end and you need tight ends, but he's getting four targets. He's getting 15 targets. Not really sure how that's going to happen. And then on the other side, we have, uh, um, or in the backfield, I should say, you have uh, Josh Jacobs who had an incredible week one with three touchdowns, but he's been pretty lackluster the last two weeks. So what can we expect from him on that side as well? I mean, I think this is going to be an ugly game here for the Raiders in general, but for fantasy purposes, is there um, light at the end of the tunnel here? Yeah, so listen, this is another one we just talked about. The Raiders are a plus 12 on the road, so you're looking at game flow. I think Darren Waller's the smash of the week. I think last year he had over 100 yards in this one, uh, this game versus the Kansas City Chiefs when they were on the road. I do like Darren Waller to be like your – just get him in your DFS lineups this week. He's going to be fantastic. Game flow is going to dictate a lot of throws to him. And outside of him and Josh Jacobs, now – with Josh Jacobs, is the, is the game get out of hand? Because is, are they going to be able to run the ball 15 to 20 times with Josh Jacobs if they're down two scores quick? So I think John Gruden and them are going to be able to run the football early in this matchup. Now, i got to keep in mind, they're very banged up on the line, the Raiders. So that's kind of been the part of slowing down Josh Jacobs. That line is starting to get hurt. Trent Brown, Richie Incognito. Those guys are all out. So that's kind of causing some of the problems they're having in the ground game. So Josh Jacobs is still a start. And if they're able to establish the ground game early, he should have a really nice day because the Chiefs aren't great against the run, especially with their their big-time defensive tackle, Jones, that's been out the last couple weeks. Um, Derek Carr last year was horrible. He had, you know, against the two games in the road the last two seasons under Gruden, he has one touchdown, four interceptions, 
versus the Chiefs on the road. It's just not – it's a disaster. If you're turning the ball over that much against the Chiefs, it's going to be a very long day. So, I really – the only two guys I'm sticking with are Josh Jacobs and Darren Waller. And as for the Chiefs, I'm not getting cute. I think it's Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I think it's Mahomes, Hill, and Kelsey. I think the Raiders' defense has been good enough that they're not going to just let Sammy Watkins and Demarcus Robinson and Miko Harmon go off. But, I mean, you're playing almost rushing roulette with those guys. You don't know who's going to go off each week. So, I'm not going to get cute. I think I'm saying Mahomes, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, Hill, and Kelsey, and that is it on the Chiefs side. I think great call, man. I, I totally agree all the way around. Let's get into the Denver Broncos and the New England Patriots. Uh, New England had a chance uh, against the, those Chiefs last weekend uh, on Monday Night Football, but just couldn't get it done. Multiple turnovers in their own red zone there from Brian Hoyer and then uh, Jared Stidham. On the other side, man, Denver uh, sneaks away with a W from the Jets last Thursday night with a breakaway game-clinching win uh, run there from Melvin Gordon. Now, on we don't expect Cam Newton back. Uh, for this week, I, just, I think it's a long shot right now for him to play. Assuming he doesn't, it's Brian Hoyer and or Jared Stidham. Either way, I think yeah. they're hurting. This game is in New England. I think that helps them. Denver, their defense is not as terrible as I thought it was going to be, but it's also not amazing. Um, that offensive line for New England is starting to worry me a little bit. We do have James White back, which has been helpful. On the other side, we do have Melvin Gordon, and then we'll see what's up with Philip Lindsay and his health. Uh, but they have uh, quarterback question marks as well with uh, Rip in there too. So Drew Locke should be available maybe next week. So there's a lot of question marks in this game overall. Yeah, and you know what? The problem is there's so many guys banged up. Noah Fant's out, Corton Sutton's out. You know, these guys, and then on the other side, Sony Michelle, you know, Cam Newton, is, is he going to be back and playing? We don't know yet. And it's up in the air. So I think when you're looking at this game, I think the one guy that I'm really excited to see is Damian Harris. We just saw him have a very, very good game on the ground this week against the Kansas City Chiefs. Now what is he going to do at home versus Denver? I mean, I think he could really be the player of the, of the game in this matchup. So I'm rolling with Damian Harris because Sony Michelle's on IR still. So I think he's going to get a bulk of the carries. And he looked good last week doing so. Hoyer scares me away from pretty much everybody, but I think Edelman is going to have a much better game uh, in this matchup versus Denver versus Kansas City. Kansas City is one of the best defenses against wide receivers, but they're very good against slot wide receivers. So I think this matchup is going to be a little bit easier for uh, Julian Edelman. I think he's a, a start, like a flex wide receiver three in PPR leagues. Then those other guys, I mean, why are you going to start them against, uh, you know, with Brian Hoyer? You're going to start you know, uh, Bird was actually pretty good last week uh, playing with Brian Hoyer. But at the same time, I just don't know if it's worth the risk in that matchup. But on the other side for Denver, you know, I, I think it's a Patriots defense and Denver defense kind of matchup. I think, you know, for on the other side, who's going to replace Noah fans? It's going to be Nick Vanette. Uh, you know, are you going to start him? The, the patch are very good at stopping the tight end. I think it's really just Melvin Gordon. And Melvin Gordon, to me, is kind of one of those plays where, is he going to get the receptions? How much ground game are they going to get? It's one of the worst ground game matchups of the day. Uh, the Pats are very good at stopping the run. So I think Mike Melvin Gordon's going to have to do it through receptions. And I don't even think he's a great play this week anyway. But at the same time, because of his production, he's the only man in town now. Tim Patrick actually looked very good last week. But you're looking at Stephon Gilmore and company in the secondary. So pretty much hands off for this game. Probably Melvin Gordon is probably your RB3 slash flex. And I think Damian Harris is actually a nice low-end RB2 in this matchup. You good to start both DSTs in this one? Patriots. Denver, I think you can find better streamers. Okay, even if it's Brian Hoyer or Stidham? 
The Pats at home. I think I think the thing is when the Patriots are home, they're going to be able to establish the run game. I think that's the biggest key here. You know, last week, you know, they were playing from behind, playing the Kansas City Chiefs. Now they're playing a third-string quarterback themselves. I think the Patriots can impose their will on defense and the ground game, which is going to change the perspective of the game overall. You know, last week you're forcing Jared Sinem and Brian Hoyer to throw a lot. I don't think that's the case this week. I agree. They had Burkhead do real well last week. You mentioned Sonny Michelle on IR, so they have Damian Harris coming in, and we have James White back as well. All right, before we get into the Cardinals and Jets matchup in New Jersey, let's take a quick commercial break. I want to give a shout-out to my man, Bobby Lamarco, a.k.a. Fantasy Football X Factor. Bobby, please let and remind the TCK Potters know where they can find your content. Yeah, guys, you can follow me at Fantasy Football X Factor on Instagram, at FFXFactor on Twitter. You can also find my articles on football.rasball.com. I do my shadow coverage report. I also do my opportunities analysis at expandtheboxscore.com. Excellent. Fantastic. I appreciate that and always appreciate having you on. Of course, if you're new to the podcast or you haven't yet given us a follow, please follow the TCK pod, a.k.a. Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast on Instagram at fantasy football underscore TCK pod. Send your start sit questions there, your trade questions there as well. And you can also find us on Twitter at TCK underscore pod. And all of our weekly rankings and articles are available at TCKpod.com. And please leave a rate and review right here on the podcast, wherever you're listening. All right, man, we got a couple more games left before we get into our pick them. Let's get into the Cardinals at the Jets. Cardinals are two and two. Uh, should be 4-0 in the games that they've played. They've played very well so far, but they've had some bozo last-minute uh, last plays. And uh, Kyler Murray, man, just 130 passing yards is not going to get it done. Uh, but the Jets, 0-4. Somehow their head coach still has a job, but that's a conversation for another week, I guess. Um, yeah. On the Cardinals' side, you start Kyler, you start Nuke. Big question mark with Kenyon Drake and Chase Edmonds. I want to hear your thoughts on that. On the other side with the Jets, is anybody startable outside of Jamison Crowder potentially? Yeah, so I think with the Cardinals, when you're looking at them, obviously you're going to start Kyler Murray in this matchup. But just remember something. Like, this game is not going to look pretty. I mean, the Cardinals are probably one of the favorite. You're probably your the streamer defense of the week is probably the Cardinals versus the Jets. Sam Darnold's looking out. But, listen, Joe Flacco is a veteran. I mean, he's a savvy vet. I know he's not the biggest time, the sexiest play, but at the same time, Joe Flacco is going to be able to support some pass catchers in this game. He's not a complete dud as a quarterback in the NFL. So I will say that, but I love the Cardinals DST in this game. Kyler Murray is obviously a must start, but just remember that the Jets defense has been very interesting because they've been getting dominated so early in games that they don't even they don't put up a fight, and then these mm-hmm. passing games don't throw that much. So I think Kyler Murray is a must start. When you're looking at the other weapons in this game, I think it's New Hopkins. And then a number two might be able to get you something. So maybe Christian Kirk could finally have that breakout game. The, uh, the Jets secondary has been beatable. Like John, I think the most relatable player is John Brown. So you saw Diggs and Brown have very good games against the secondary. It could be very similar to Hopkins and maybe Christian Kirk. We saw Christian Kirk kind of get it going a little bit from a fantasy perspective in week four. So maybe he could build off that performance, especially against a Jets team that just doesn't seem like they have any fight in them anymore at this point. Now, for Kenny and Drake, this is a very bad matchup for the run game. I mean, the Jets, the one thing they do well is stop the run. They have a very good defensive line. They've been able to stop run games pretty consistently. So this doesn't seem like the get-right spot for Kenyon Drake. So I'm a little worried about Drake in the sense that, you know, is Chase Edmonds. What if Chase Edmonds started looking better? But I think they're committed to Drake long-term. I think after this game, the, the buy-low window – I mean, the buy-low window is now anyway. 
I think I'm definitely buying Kenyon Drake season long. But this matchup, really, he's going to have to do it through the air, and he's not getting targets. That's the problem with Kenyon Drake. He's not getting targets. And then Chase Edmond goes in the game, and he gets all the targets. So it's very odd that Drake's not being used, and then Edmonds is. So that is a little bit of a red flag. So Cliff Kingsbury has to do a better job getting, you know, other than, New, other than Hopkins, we need to see other guys getting involved in this pass game to really, you know, balance out the fantasy perspective uh, for everybody. Now for the Jets, like I just touched on, Sam Darnold might be out. Now Joe Flacco, listen, I'm not saying Joe Flacco's the start of the week or anything, but the one thing I will tell you is he's going to be able to support somebody. So Jameson Crowder has the best matchup. So we see slot receivers are much better versus the Cardinals than facing Patrick Peterson and Byron Murphy on the outside. Draker Patrick's also playing at a very, very high level for this secondary. So I think from my perspective, Crowder's still on the fantasy radar. I think from the running back perspective, just no, just don't do it. Like there's no point in doing it. Just be smart. You guys, you guys are TCK potters. I, I, I guarantee you're not going to play a Jets running back, but I digress. And then Chris Herndon, I'm disappointed. I loved Chris Herndon early on. I think, you know, the matchups have not been good for him so far this season. Technically, this is a decent matchup for him, but he's not running the routes. I don't know why, but they feel like they're going to give – I couldn't even – I think the guy's name Smith, the, the guy that had the most routes Jeff, last week. Jeff Smith. Yeah, Smith. And then, you know, Chris Hogan's out there running more Braxton Berrios. Berrios. Then Chris Herndon, like he, like for some reason, I thought that he was going to want to use a pass catching tight end has not been the case. He's been far behind wide receivers and routes, which is not, uh, not a fantasy, not the way to get fantasy production. So it is what it is. It's unfortunate. I think from the Jets side, it's just Jameson Crowder. Got it. Let's move on to the battle of Pennsylvania, Philadelphia at Pittsburgh, man, uh, huge win for the Eagles. Terrible loss for the 49ers. We'll just leave it at that. But the Eagles finally get their first win after an 0-2-1 start. They're 1-2-1 right now. Carson Wentz getting it done enough with no help. Miles Sanders definitely stunted by the 49ers, but he should be just fine. But look out for the Pittsburgh defense. Ertz, nine yards last week. Mm, Or not Trey Burton, excuse me. uh, Richard Rogers, sorry, a blast from the past there name-wise, uh, filling in for Dallas Goddard, had a decent game. I think he's kind of a sneak attack play as they double cover Ertz over the middle there. Greg Ward, of course, is kind of a spot start if you need there. And then on the other side for Pittsburgh, look, they had the week off last week because of the COVID situation with Tennessee. They're all fresh. I think that's huge injury-wise. They were, they were not planning on a bye week. They took the bye week because of the COVID issue. But look, that was big for Big Ben just because he's older and he needs that. It might be rough later in the season when they don't get another bye. But uh, James Conner had, a, had a, a chance to rest. Juju as well. Deontay Johnson had a concussion going into that bye week, so he should be totally fine as well. And then, of course, that defense gets a minute to um, uh, freshen up as well there. So this one I think is going to be quite a – not a shootout. I think it's just going to be a, a kind of a, a hard, old-school football game here in Pittsburgh uh, but how do you feel about these guys fantasy-wise with not many weapons on the Philadelphia side? Wentz is doing the best he can, but if we can get everybody healthy in Pittsburgh, it could be fun. Yeah, so I think the thing with the Eagles, they're plus seven underdogs on the road, and you're probably looking at a similar situation that we thought with the 49ers, but the problem is the Steelers' offense is legit, and I think they're at home. They're rolling with Big Ben and company at home versus the Eagles' secondary that's decimated by injuries, but let's focus on the Eagles first. Carson Wentz to me is obviously not uh, a viable QB one this week, but 
every QB so far this season against the Pittsburgh Steelers has gotten 250 yards and two touchdowns. So for whatever that's worth, I feel like Wentz is going to get his numbers. I just don't think he's a high-end starter with all the injuries to his receiving core. But Alshon Jeffrey might be coming back this week. We're not sure about Deshaun Jackson's injury as well. But at the same time, last week you're throwing to Greg Ward and, you know, Ertz, and you don't even have Dallas Goddard. So you can't really fault the guy. But for whatever it's worth, quarterbacks have produced against the Steelers, even with their really tough defense, for whatever that is. Uh, so the other problem is there is no offensive line. So Lane Johnson got hurt again. Both guards are out, of course. And one of them got hurt earlier in the season, and their left tackle, Jason Peters, just got put on IR. So they're down four starters, essentially, on the offensive line this week. That is just bad news for Miles Sanders. He's going to have to get it done through the air. It, it, the only way Miles Sanders is going to be a very big fantasy play this week is he get, if he gets you, like, five for 50 in a score through the air because they are not going to be able to run the football against the Pittsburgh Steelers at all in this game. So I am a little worried for Miles Sanders. Still a start season long, but fade him in DFS. As for the wide receiver core, you know, we have seen guys produce against the Steelers' defense. I think for me, really, it's about speed. I love Deshaun Jackson if he's healthy. And if he plays, I think he's a great matchup against these corners. Could definitely get loose. Alshon Jeffrey, too, we don't know how much he's going to actually play in his first game back, so it's not a likely start for him. But I think that would be good news for the passing game as a whole. But at the same time, whoever's the number one on the week, he might be fantasy viable. So if it's Greg Ward, Greg Ward, because of the game flow and because of the current situation, he's probably going to be a solid wide receiver three in this matchup because he's going to be necessity, especially on the road, big underdogs, et cetera. And Zach Ertz has a horrible matchup. Pittsburgh's been very good against tight ends this season, so I'm not excited to start Zach Ertz. Uh, but I think a lot of teams, you, take, you invest such a dry, high draft capital in him. But a guy, for example, I would play over him is like Jonu Smith. And we'll talk about him, obviously, in a little bit. But I think that, you know, from my perspective, Zach Ertz is not a big fantasy guy this week. Don't play him in DFS. On the Pittsburgh side, Big Ben at home. Like, that's fun. Just play Big Ben at home. The Eagles' secondary is completely decimated. I mean, Darius Slay is hobbling around now. If Darius Slay is slowed down at all, there's really no one that's going to stop anybody on this defense. So I think Deontay Johnson, to me, is just the one player that is a little iffy. If Darius Slay is healthy, practicing in full this week, he is very tough against their number one receiver. So Slay could be on Deontay Johnson, making him nothing more than just a wide receiver three at best in this matchup. And then I love Big Ben, but I love the matchups up the middle. What I mean by that is slot receivers and tight ends. Juju Smith-Schuster and Eric Ebron. I think Eric Ebron was one of my favorite sleepers last week before the game got canceled. I think Eric Ebron could really have a nice role in this one, especially if Deontay Johnson is taken out by Darius Slay. I think Juju's a must-start. I think uh, Eric Ebron is actually in play as a low-end tight end one. And here's a bold prediction. I think Eric Ebron outscores Zach Ertz in this matchup. So I think that's something I would say is a bold prediction for that. And then James Conner, he's a true workhorse. So you're not going to sit workhorses. Even in a tough matchup, Philadelphia's front is legit. That's the one area they're not completely decimated. They're just a pass funnel defense. But at the same time, James Conner can get you four for 40 through the air. Then he can also get you, you know, 40, 50 yards on the ground. That Those points start adding up. And if you sprinkle in a touchdown, you have a very good fantasy day. So I'm still starting James Conner. Love it, man. That's a great breakdown. And I love the, uh, I love the call on Eric Ebron could definitely happen. He's a big body. He's starting to get that more, more of the rapport there with big Ben and uh, certainly could outperform Zach Ertz potentially if they just take him out of the game, because we know that that front seven for Pittsburgh is, is league best. They're the number one defense right now uh, in scoring. 
um, the Colts were last week, and they, uh, you know, now the, the the Steelers are there. I mean, they've only played three games where the Colts have played four, but nonetheless, uh, that Steelers defense is, is very impressive. We'll see if the Steelers can stay undefeated and get to 4-0. Speaking of 4-0 teams, the Buffalo Bills, led by Josh Allen, of course, in the MVP race as of right now, 4-0, head into Tennessee. Tennessee, of course, off with Pittsburgh last week with the COVID situation. They seem to have this game um, set to play, so we'll expect it to happen. Uh, Tennessee 3-0 and as well. So three of uh, the remaining undefeated AFC teams uh, going off in this one here. So Pittsburgh, of course, up against Philadelphia, and then the Titans and the Bills as well. On the Bills side, look, you're firing everybody up at this point. I'd like to hear your thoughts on the backfield there. If Zach Moss mm-hmm. is healthy, how are you going to do it? If not, obviously Singletary is automatic. And then are you comfortable with John Brown and or Cole Beasley, who's been kind of a nice – um, you know, spot fill if we need there. And then on the other side with Tennessee, you're starting uh, uh, Henry, of course. And then, uh, you know, you like John who will start John and then how's AJ Brown doing? He's out another week. And then we start up Corey Davis. And how are you feeling about Ryan Tannehill who has kind of put himself in that automatic start scenario, but this Buffalo defense is also pretty good as well. Yeah, this is a quiet shootout. So the both defenses are underperforming this year. In a lot of cases, especially for the Titans secondary, it's a, it's because of injuries. But for the most part, these defenses are not playing well, and these offenses are playing very well. So the the Buffalo Bills are a quiet pass funnel defense. Like they have gotten so many uh, passing attempts against them this season. So, but I think let's focus on the Bills first from a, a matchup perspective. So. The Zach Moss thing is huge for Devin Singletary. We have seen a lot of teams kind of beat the uh, Titans on the ground. So we saw Robinson and Dalvin Cook over 100 yards versus this Titans run defense. And I think that Singletary can get it done on the ground. But now we're talking instead of a full workload, 12 carries and eight for Moss. That's going to be much harder to get it done on the ground. But I do like Devin Singletary in this game. But the problem is, is it going to be Moss on the goal line again? So this is the problem with the Devin Singletary situation. This might be your sell high window. Like I think if you my best fantasy advice for Devin Singletary is if Moss is practicing and you think he's coming back, this might be the time to sell him because Moss might be the goal line back still. And I don't I don't have the answers just yet, unfortunately, on that. But the ground game is it's a plus for them. So they both could get it done a decent amount, but it's going to be 10, maybe 11 carries for Singletary instead of the full workload if Zach Moss is back. A QB, we're not going to talk about Josh Allen. You're rolling with Josh Allen, but who beats the Titans? So from the passing game perspective, it's been inside, mostly inside guys. So Noah Fant had a very good game against them. DJ Chark on the outside had a very nice game, but Keelan Cole actually had the most catches in that matchup and a touchdown. So that was an interesting nugget. And then Justin Jefferson tore the defense apart on the slot. So I think when you're looking at this uh, matchup for who would probably be the best plays, you know, the funny thing about the Bills, they've gone four wide now. They go four wide a bunch. They have Gabriel Davis now with Cole Beasley inside. Diggs is inside a lot. I love Stephon Diggs this week. I think you're going to continue to roll with him as long as Dory Jackson continues to be out. There's just nobody that can stop Stephon Diggs in this matchup. Now, you brought up John Brown, and listen, John Brown has been very good this season. He's been very streaky up and down. But at the same time, the way the Titans have been getting beat this season has been in the slot. But that being said, if you look at the Titans' corners, it's Jonathan Joseph, Malcolm Butler. Those are two veteran-savvy corners, but they're not quick. 
So John Brown can get loose for a long one. So I kind of feel in John Brown a little bit. I think he's got the speed like a DJ Chark that can break up a long one. So I'm feeling pretty much John Brown and Diggs in this game. Cole Beasley is not running as much routes anymore because Gabriel Davis has now become an emerging player for this team. He actually ran more routes than Beasley last week. So Beasley's still getting the targets, but now Davis is getting the route. So that's something to watch. So I'm just kind of fading that in general. I'm sticking with Brown and Diggs in this game. I think they both can win their matchups. On the other side for the Titans now, for me, when I want, it's Adam Humphreys. He's, he just got diagnosed with COVID. He's not playing this week. That's big news for a guy like John o. Smith. So Ryan Tannehill is one of the quarterbacks. Last year, Football Outsiders does a thing called slot versus wide quarterbacks. And Ryan Tannehill targets the slot relentlessly. I mean, it's insane how much he actually throws in the middle. So you're going to look at it. And then you look at the matchup versus Buffalo. Who dominates Buffalo? Jamison Crowder, Mike Jazicki, Cooper Cup, Darren Waller. Inside guys, tight ends, and slot receivers. So I think John o. Smith is one of the starts of the week in this matchup because if A.J. Brown plays great, I mean, I think you've got to roll with A.J. Brown. I think this game could be a little bit high scoring, so I'm playing A.J. Brown. But if Brown is out, that means Tredavious White because it's beyond Corey Davis. I'm not big on Corey Davis winning that matchup. So I do really like Jonu Smith in this game. But a guy that's uh, – Khalif Raymond is a deep sleeper. And the reason why is he's, he's going to take over – the main slot receiving role for Adam Humphreys. And I just touched on all the guys that beat the Bills. Now he's a speedster too. This guy is a deep threat. He's already gotten a lot of deep throws from Ryan Tannehill, but now you're going to give him the pass, uh, the volume in routes. He could be a nice wide receiver, three dart throw, maybe a DFS tournament play this week as well. So I really like Tannehill uh, as well. We saw Derek Carr of all people throw for 300 yards against Buffalo. So I think Tannehill's still a start. Even if Corey Davis is a little bit slower, I think he's still going to be able to get it done with Jonu Smith, Khalif Raymond, and especially if A.J. Brown plays. I think he's a must-start quarterback one this week. Got to get A.J. Brown back, man. I saw a tweet today that, uh, you know, it's like, don't forget that A.J. Brown is the AFC version of D.K. Metcalf. So we, yeah. need, to, uh, we need to get A.J. Brown back in the saddle. So great breakdown there. All right, man, last one, and then we will get into our pick for this week here for the early slots. L.A. Rams. Washington football team Rams are three and one and the football team is one and three here the Rams geez I mean should have absolutely beat up on the Giants they didn't they got the W but they let him linger around a little bit too much for my comfort Jared Goff on the road different than Jared Goff at home of course also this game should not be a uh, shootout if you will just the nature of, of Washington's um, game flow generally, although last week uh, when they got beat up by the Ravens, um, Antonio Gibson went nuts, and uh, Terry McLaurin had 14 targets as well. Um, and Dwayne Haskins, who I don't think is particularly good, had over 300 yards passing on that Ravens defense. He didn't throw a touchdown, but he did rush for one there. Uh, Cooper Cup, Robert Woods had a tougher week last week, especially Woods. I talked to you pregame last Sunday about Robert Woods and getting shadowed by Bradbury and whatnot, and I did sit him. Um, in a league, and I'm, I'm thankful that I did. Uh, do you trust him again this week? And then on the, on the uh, backfield here, what are we going to do? Henderson didn't do much last week. Malcolm Brown looked real good early but didn't do much overall. And what are we going to do with uh, Cam Akers? And then can we trust Tyler Higby? He has huge games. He disappears. It looked like uh, Gerald Everett had a rushing touchdown early in the game, and Higby wasn't really uh, much to be found there. So a lot of, lot of uh, moving parts in this game. And – I'm I I just don't think that this Washington uh defensive line which has been real solid uh without Chase Young it's just not the same so maybe uh 
maybe golf will be able to sit back there and cook them up. Yeah, and you like you said, road golf. But ironically, he had the big game against Buffalo, and then the dud at home versus the Giants, which doesn't make sense. It's twenty twenty, right? So, uh, like this is what I talk about too. The Washington football team is very difficult to figure out because they're very good against in the end. The end of the box score, they're very good against quarterbacks because they get dominated early in so many games. So they're losing big, and quarterbacks aren't throwing much. There has been very low pass volume versus the Washington football team, so it's very hard to truly judge that defense. And then when you look at the two injuries, like you said, Chase Young, but they also lost a defensive tackle. So that big time strength really did not, is no longer a strength for the Washington football team uh, because they're down two of their key starters up front. So now Cam Akers should be back this week. So that really just makes everything convoluted again. Is it going to be Cam Akers? It could be Malcolm Brown. You know, did Henderson do enough to make sure he has a role? That just seems like a headache to me, but I, my, my gut tells me it's Akers is going to be the guy that comes in but Malcolm Brown was the pass game back. Malcolm Brown ran the routes last week. You know, Malcolm Brown's still going to be the main guy. He's the trusted uh, veteran in pass pro. So that's just something to monitor overall. But at the same time, it's very convoluted with those guys. I'm not starting golf this week. I don't think it's even worth it. I think the Rams control this football game. They play well enough on the road to just handle their business. I think golf is going to have a nice, easy, smooth game. You know, like 250 and two hit on cruise control and win that football game. So, He's, he's probably a high-end QB2 at best because of that. Now, for the wide receivers, it is a tougher matchup, but I do really do like Woods over Cup in this game. I think Woods, we have seen outside receivers do very well against the Washington football team, so I think I'm going to lean Woods over Cup in this game, especially because of that matchup. But when you look at the tight ends, uh, it's it's a great matchup for the tight ends. It's a It should be very good for Tyler Higbee. Uh, Tyler Higby should be able to get in the end zone in this one. I think when your matchup's this good, you probably should play him. But the problem is he only ran – he ran the fifth uh, – he split work with Gerald Everett last week. So the first time we've really seen Everett back healthy, playing a full allotment of snaps, and unfortunately they split routes. And that's bad news for fantasy. But at the same time, Higby is a red zone threat. So he's always good for a touchdown. So when you see a plus matchup, I think you should be able to roll with Tyler Higby because he's probably good for a score in this game because the Washington football team really isn't stopping anybody. They haven't been proven. If you want to beat them, you can beat them with their – but Mark Andrews had a relatively slow game last week versus this team, so I'm not overly excited, I guess. But at the same time, Higby probably in my lineups if I have him. And then I would say Woods and Cup as well are both going to be fine plays. But like I touched on, this is a low pass volume matchup. There's not You're not expecting golf to draw back and throw 40 times. You're expecting them to handle their own, especially with the injuries up front. I think they can run the football in this game. Now, for the Washington, uh, for the other side, Washington football team, I think we were late on Antonio Gibson. I like Last week, I was like, you know, he's got one more tough matchup, and then you go buy him. He's going to be awesome, and then he blows up, and you're not going to be able to get him. So, if you waited, sorry. But Antonio Gibson could have another big day against the Rams. We saw the Giants actually get something going, which is impossible. You know, the Giants' running game has been so bad this season, but they are able to get something on the ground going against the Rams last week. So I do like Antonio Gibson. We saw Singletary and Sanders and Zeke have nice run games So against this team. So I think really Antonio Gibson to me is the star amongst the, the Washington football team, uh, team players. Now, when you look at the matchup itself, you would think Jalen Ramsey is going to shadow Terry McLaurin, and it probably is going to happen. But at the same time, I don't care anymore. Game flow is critical for McLaurin. We've seen all season long, these matchups are tough. The Ravens is a tough matchup, and he still plays very well because they're down two, three touchdowns. The Cardinals are one of the best defenses against wide receivers, and sure enough, 
McLaurin scores 60 yards and a touchdown in the fourth quarter. So I think until the Redskins start showing they can play some defense, you're always going to play Terry McLaurin. And uh, I think I got to uh, play some sad music and, and wave the white flag on Logan Thomas. You know, it was a fun, it was a fun one week. I, I had a ball. Week one was great. I threw a party. But at the same time, I, I think he's off the fantasy radar. We just started seeing some different usage last week. They have a, a young wide receiver named Isaiah Wright, big-bodied player, who actually started getting a lot of routes and someone to monitor because he's one of the – he's a good complement to Terry McLaurin's more of a shifty uh, speed guy versus a uh, – I mean, a route-runner technician versus that big-body guy with the right. So I think that's something to monitor. And also, Gibson started running a lot more routes – so Gibson, J.D. McKissick. So I think Logan Thomas might be done. So I think really in this matchup, it's just Gibson and McLaurin on the Washington football team. And for the Rams, I think you're rolling with Woods and Cup and Tyler Higbee, and, the, and then you're playing I – can't, I can't tell you which running back is going to be, but I would lean Cam Akers in this game. Something interesting to mention about the Rams here. So in week five, they play obviously at Washington, who is the worst matchup against wide receivers in fantasy football currently. Then next week, they're at San Francisco, who is the second worst matchup, meaning the best, or meaning the toughest, I should say that. So Washington is the toughest currently. San Francisco is the second toughest. Then they have Chicago at home, who is the third toughest matchup. So three weeks in a row for the Rams receivers against the three toughest matchups, Washington, San Francisco, Chicago. Then they get Miami, who's eighth best. That's great. Then they have a bye week in week nine, then they get Seattle, who everyone's been ripping up except for the Dolphins, of course, in week 10. After that, though, they get Tampa Bay, San Francisco again, and then Arizona, 22nd, 31st, and 28th in wide receiver matchup before the playoffs. It gets a little easier. So, look, I, I'm, I love Cooper Cup. I love Robert Woods, especially in PPR leagues. But if you can potentially move on these guys now, it might be a good move before it potentially is too late uh, and they struggle a little bit. So I'm not saying, you know, sell them for nothing. But if they're in a package or you want to make a move and, and bring somebody else in, right now would be the time to maybe get off the Rams potentially just a, a trade uh, heads up on that. All right, man, we got a couple minutes left, but we can't go without getting your weekly pickums in. So let's go down the list here and let's get your pickums dialed in, oh, man. We'll start, of course, just with the early slot and see who you've got. So we'll start with Carolina and Atlanta. Again, we've gone through all the content, so why don't you just give me a one-word answer? Carolina Panthers at Atlanta Falcons. How are you there? I think we lost them, unfortunately. Let's see here just a minute. All right. Unfortunately, I just got a message. Bobby had to drop off. He had some technical difficulties, as, as you can hear there at the end of the episode. We're going to cut it here, folks. Sometimes, you know, it just doesn't work out. And we, uh, everyone's been working a lot of technical difficulties the last eight months. So no big deal, man. Bobby's doing his best, and he just had a technical difficulty. So we'll catch him next week. Make sure you go check out the Fantasy Football X Factor on Instagram and Twitter. You can catch the TCK pod and the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast on Instagram at fantasy football underscore TCK pod and on Twitter at TCK underscore pod. Check out our website with the rankings and articles, tckpod.com. And of course, you can leave a rate and review right now where you're listening to your podcast. It means a lot, helps us get some street cred. So we would love to get you back in the place here and get you back involved with the uh, Candlestick Kids Fantasy football podcast and we may have been able to bring bobby in just at the very end here bobby you back with us yes sir what's going on sorry about um, that okay no worries man it is uh
uh, the season. We're having, unfortunately, a lot of technical difficulties. I was just signing off, but you're back. So let's get in your, uh, let's get in your, uh, Okay, unfortunately, folks. Yeah, I mean, I keep cutting in and out. Sorry, man. I don't know what's going on. I apologize. No worries. Let's let's try one more time. Carolina at Atlanta. Atlanta. Got it. Moving down the list here. Cincinnati at Baltimore. Baltimore. Jacksonville at Houston. Houston. Uh, Las Vegas at Kansas City. Kansas City. Denver at New England. New England. Arizona at New York Jets. Arizona. Philadelphia at Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. Buffalo at Tennessee. Buffalo. Mm, I like it. L.A. Rams at Washington. Rams. All right, man. Thank you very much. I was just signing off and sending all the TTT computers to go see you. But since you're here one more time, let us know where we can find your content. Yeah, man, you can follow me at Fantasy Football X Factor on Instagram and at FFX Factor on Twitter. You can also find articles on rasball.com. I write about shadow coverage and also expand the box score where I talk about the opportunity analysis. Excellent. Fantastic. Okay, fantasy football X Factor. Tomorrow we bring back Dewey's Nuts for the later half as well as the Thursday night football game. Sunday late slot and Sunday night football game as well as Monday night football. And on Friday, of course, Chris Benavides of the Commission Fantasy Football Podcast to break down and preview the TCK Pod Listener League for week four and week five. For Bobby LaMarco, I'm Scott Guasco, and we are out of here. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.